0: The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nigat, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey, everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at DougRobertsonAJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope that you will consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I want to thank you for emailing your questions about last night's game, which I'm going to answer in just a bit. And I also want to say that the podcast is doing really, really well with its downloads and uh, interactions and things, and that is because of you and the excellent questions you're sending in. So I wanted to thank you all for that. Let's recap uh, last night's Atlanta United game. The largest soccer crowd in the world in more than a year inspired Atlanta United in the final seconds to pull out a 1-0 win against Montreal on a header by Marcelino Moreno on Saturday at Mercedes-Benz Stadiums. The Five Stripes, playing in front of announced attendance of 40,116, and I say announced attendance because looking at it on television, there were a lot of empty seats. There was not 40,116 People there, but that's okay. Every team does that. Put just two of its ten shots on goal, but the last, a header by Moreno from a, a good cross by Jake Mulraney in the final seconds proved to be the difference. Mulraney put his cross in from the left, where Moreno headed it into the lower right corner for his second goal this season. Moreno said he was cramping up and gave everything he had to get into position to score. The team, now 2-1-2, moves into a tie atop the Eastern Conference with eight points facing a tough stretch of games that starts next week at Seattle and continues with home games against Nashville, which made the playoffs last season and is off to a solid start this season, and Philadelphia, which easily eliminated Atlanta United from the Champions League two weeks ago. Combined, those teams have 28 points this season and have allowed just 11 goals in 16 games. Atlanta United goalkeeper Brad Guzan, who posted fifth shutout this season in nine games, Described last night's win as a massive three points, plain and simple. Now, let's get on to your questions. Being that we didn't create a lot of chances from our attacking players, what can Gabriel Heinze do to make our attacking players step forward and open the play with one-two passes? Yeah, that's kind of, that's been my um, theme for a lot of the past few games is there's not a lot of quick passing. There's not a lot of movement. It's a lot of static, uh, a lot of receiving – the attacking players receiving the ball with their back to goal and typically just passing backward. Um, I don't know how many backward passes there were last night, but I would bet probably more than 50% of the team's passes were backwards or sideways. Uh, There needs to be some sort of understanding uh, of that, and we see how – It works because opposing teams are able to do that at least once a game against Atlanta United right in the center of the formation. Santiago Sosa is having trouble kind of remembering not to ball watch and to run with his guy in those situations. It's a time-honed and proven technique for getting into good positions, and Atlanta United just needs to do a little bit more of it. We saw some last night on the goal that was disallowed Scored by Emerson Hyman for offside. There was a little one-two action going on there. Aligning that, it it needs to change something. Some of you get mad at me for being negative about the offense, but the facts are the facts. They've scored nine goals in nine games. This was not what was kind of promised when Heinze was named as manager. So It's me just kind of holding Bocanegra and Eels accountable for their actions and, and what they say they want and what y'all are seeing and getting. And I'm not the only one. I just tweeted out a long thread from Zakuani on the MLS soccer website in which he said he's not sure that Atlanta United is going to challenge with the offense playing the way that it is right now. And it's hard to disagree. The team had 10 shots last night on goal, put just two on goal, and one of those was the one in the final seconds to win the game. That is a trend this season. They're through nine games of a possible 38. And this offense doesn't look like it's coming to life anytime soon. And you can make excuses. Joseph Martinez is, is unhealthy. Well, if he's not quite healthy, then don't play him. Play somebody else. The guys are getting used to new roles. Well, don't play them. Play the ones who are used to the roles. I mean, you can't keep providing these excuses. It's up to the manager and the players who have now been training for more than three months to sort these problems out. Maurice Adu's point on the broadcast about going forward with a ball was spot on. I wonder if the second half debacle versus Philadelphia has prompted a more deliberate approach while confidence builds. That is quite possible. To me, if that's true, it's an over a massive overcorrection. Um, it it kind of reminds me of Tata a little bit after the first season and losing to Columbus in the playoffs, realizing we can't go full bore uh, every game, we have to adopt a slightly more conservative approach. But Atlanta United still scored 70 goals that season. I think it was 70 goals in 2018. And they're not going to score 70 goals this season. They're going to be lucky to score 34 this season, which would be less than what they scored in Boer's first season. What's the word on Alan Franco? Uh, he had an ankle injury. I tweeted that last night. Um, he wanted to continue playing, but Heinz has said he was in too much pain. Franco was in too much pain. So that's why he came off. But, again, he struggled in the first half, a couple of bad fouls, could have been a card on at least one of them, um, a <clears throat> couple of giveaways. He's still kind of finding his way. The thing I'm, I'm interested in is he's supposed to be this a ball-playing center back, capable of hitting long passes and yet he's not really attempting any. Miles Robinson hit some fantastic long passes last night. He is really, in my opinion, turning into the – I mean, he was already among the best defenders in Major League Soccer, but the way he's playing right now, I think he is the best defender in Major League Soccer because he's winning the one-on-one battles and he's hitting these fantastic touch passes, long passes, line-splitting passes um, that he wasn't doing his first year. If he keeps it up – some somebody's going to come calling for him. Uh, here's some of the excuses for the offense. Joseph's still trying to get his feet under him. Joseph needs better service. When he plays, Jurgen Dam struggles with crossing and tracking back. Several new players in the regular 11. Defaulting to a change in formation is not correct. You're saying you're smarter than the coach. Well, what's your solution, man? The players are the players. The coach is the coach. If Joseph needs better service, either you need to come up with tactics that can provide him better service or change the formation to provide better service. You can't change any more players. The, the roster is full. So what's your solution? Because if it's sit and wait, you're going to be really disappointed, I think, at the end of the season. Do you think with Ezekiel Barco and Joseph being the only real DP salaries, the team can go look for a real playmaking DP? Someone whose main job is to create chances and is great at the final pass. Well, the problem with doing that is that's Ezekiel Barco's position. He is the attacking midfielder right now. So what are you going to do with Barco if you go in and get an attacking midfielder or a playmaking midfielder? It's kind of the million-dollar question. I understand your point, and I agree with your point, but on the other side, there's that. Um, and Barco is not a winger. He's been proven he's not a winger. Moreno is really not a winger. He struggled as a winger again last night, despite his goal. You can't play them both inside. Well, you could if you change the formation, but you know who knows. Heinzer keeps saying he doesn't change, and we're seeing the results of that right now. The season is still young. So I don't know who they could add that it's going to change what's happening right now. It was absolutely thrilling to be a part of last night's game in person. I checked against the Braves and Rangers, and I believe that last night's crowd of 40,116 was the largest at any event since March 2020. Uh, Yeah, I wrote about that. Uh, Johan um, with Atlanta United Communications Department put out a great stat last night uh, that it was the largest crowd since a home game for Zenit St. Petersburg in the Russian Premier League um, last year in March. But here's here's a great question. Um, Who do you think is the second highest goal scorer after Joseph at the end of the season? I picked Moreno originally, but now I'm not sure despite last night. I'm not convinced that Joseph's going to finish as the highest goal scorer for the team this season. I think it may end up being Barco. Either way, whoever it is, I don't think is going to crack 10 goals. And I know that's a little bit shocking to hear, but that's just the pace of how things are right now. Moreno um, has two across all competitions. Barco has two across all competitions. Within Major League Soccer, uh, Moreno leads with two on the team. Um so we'll see. That's a really interesting question. Let's see if there's any more questions on the Twitters right now on this beautiful Sunday morning. Anyone else worried we might not be able to keep Sosa for more than one season? We need to be looking at options for that position already. Uh, now, Sosa will be here for a year. He he really does still need to do work on his uh, defensive positioning and awareness. He's a good tackler, a good one-on-one defender, but he keeps losing guys in space. Um, so he needs, to, he needs to work on that. Uh, but I think he, he is going to be a fantastic player. Um, and I think he'll be here a season and then, well, maybe two, and then he'll be sold, um, which is good for the club and good for Sosa. Yes, there is an MLS transfer window that's open right now. We really need to add a grade A attacking player. Uh, again, I don't know from where. Um, you know, Lennon and Bello, I think, are playing fine as the, the fullbackslash wingbacks. The left side of the Line United's formation really didn't come into play until the final minutes when Jake Mulraney came in last night. I think Morani and Bello on the left have a really good understanding and a good partnership. I'll be curious if they start next week at Seattle. Um, but I, I don't know where the, if you, you're going to put him in and place a Jurgen Dom who's making 1.5 million a year, I don't see that happening. You're going to put him on the left ahead of Marino, who Heinze loves. I don't see that happening. He's certainly not going to go in at striker. And Barco is the attacking midfielder. Um, uh, optimistically, maybe Heinze has concentrated intentionally on the defense and midfield in the early part of the season and will now turn his attention toward the attack with a healthy Dom, Barco, Marino, and Joseph. Um, Heinz has said that, you know, you always work on defense in midfield first and the offense comes along. So we'll see. Uh, after nine games, you know, they've had one good half of offense, consistently good half. That was against Philadelphia. The rest of the time, it's it sputtered in, in spurts. Um, so we'll see. Um... Uh, the, the next stretch of games is going to be really tough for that to happen, though. Um, any more questions? I don't see any more questions, so I'm going to wrap up this Southern Fried Soccer podcast and let y'all get out and enjoy what looks to be a fantastic, a beautiful day. Uh, as for my family, we have a huge week coming up. Uh, my daughter graduates high school on Friday. My son turns 15. My stepdaughter gets inducted into Beta Club. My stepson... Uh, has a big soccer banquet uh, over here in Carrollton for his participation on the the junior varsity team. Um, We have a debate banquet. Uh, The kids are getting their first COVID shots. And uh, my boy will go for his uh, 15-year-old driver's license. So fantastic week, fun week. I hope y'all's is full. I hope you're getting your COVID shots and are able to get out and enjoy life and kind of get back to normal. Um, This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can find me on Twitter at Doug AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Again, the podcast is doing great. That is all the credit to y'all. Thank you for your questions. Take care.